Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in March of 2022. And welcome to episode 72, Learning About Learning. We did a lot of learning, didn't we? Yeah, seriously. We, we And we still have some more learning to do. It never ends. That's right. It will end when both feet are six, six feet under. That's funny. When both feet are six feet under. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> First, we want to give a shout out to Steve Wyborny, who's the author of The Writing on the Classroom Wall, who we're doing our book club about. And he posted on Twitter, thank you for sharing your insights at Laura and Karina. I enjoyed listening to the conversation. And he's referring to episode 71, which was learning about mistakes. Yes, because we used a lot of the quotes from his chapter entitled Glamorous Mistakes to really bring you know forth the conversation in that episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I have some really good news. You ready to hear it? I'm ready. Okay. You know the book Adding Parents to the Equation by Hillary and Matthew? Yes. And you know that two years ago, I started a book club with the parents at my previous school? Yes. Well... I just got 10 books at my new school that I'm at. They just arrived today, and I'm going to open up the book club for the parents at my current school and my previous school because we didn't get a chance to finish. Wow. That's awesome. Right? I am so excited. (laughs) Yep. Because I know... The parents are so hungry to learn about what we're teaching, how we're teaching math these days, right? Yeah. They also need to be, just like the book says, they need to be part of the equation too. They need to be involved. Then they'll understand it. They'll appreciate it. They'll be more supportive as well. So now I have to come up with another time for yet another book club, which is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's all good. I do. I also have good news I have to share. Okay. It has been hard getting out of bed. Like lately, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because we're like three months away from summer and we're at the, at the end, you know, at the end stretch and it's testing season is up, is coming up and all yada, yada, all of the, all of this. So I don't know if it's because we're so close to the end that that's why. But we have spring break coming up. I know. And I like, I'm in desperate need for it. Yes. But I have to tell you, like I... It was one of those moments that just, this is why I do it. Okay, so here we go. So one of my students, we were just sitting and chatting, and I was telling this other teacher about how, which is the cutest thing I've ever heard of, his grandmother writes daily jokes and places them in his lunchbox so he gets a daily joke or a riddle every day. Wow. Every single day. Yeah. Since like kindergarten and he's in fifth grade now? No, he just started this this year. So this is like a fifth grade. This is a a new thing. 
So we were chatting about how amazing that is. I just love that idea. I think it's the, the cutest thing. Another teacher said he should keep all of those because she hand writes them. Aww. Keep all of those jokes. Keep, and she just does it like on a little scrap piece of paper. Like there's things on the other side of it. Like mm-hmm. obviously it's just paper hanging around and she just rips a corner of it or whatever. Okay. So we talked about uh, talked about that. And then um, this teacher also asked, you know, how's it going in fifth grade and what is it like, do you, are you enjoying yourself this year? How, you know, are you stressed? Are you, you know, just like getting the lay of the land, right? And he said, no, like this year is great. It's great. I love this year. Love, love school, love learning, love all of it. And she's like, okay, so what makes it so great? Because, you know, fifth grade, we test so much. And he looks over at me, he points at me, and he says, she does. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So, Tears. (laughs) Tears. <laughs> like, I, well, I didn't cry, but I, I did email the mom and I just shared. I'm like, he, I mean, totally, completely made my, my, my day, my year, my, like, this is why I do it. Right. What? But wow. I'm just, I wasn't expecting it at all. It came out of left field. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that this is where the conversation was headed. Mm-hmm. And when he said, when he like just, he pointed at me, she does. Like, it was that was it. It was just that that was it. Wow. It was so cute. Oh my god. Yep. I needed that. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I'm counting down the days, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to count down the days so so much because it is a good group. Like I do have a good group of kids and oh I mean I say that a lot. Though. I know. I, every, every you say year, that every year. <laughs> right. I have a good group of kids. I'm gonna miss them. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. All right, listeners, we're going to get into today's topic, learning about learning. This past weekend, Karina and I both had registered for and attended many sessions from the Build Math Minds Virtual Math Summit, and we wanted to share some of the big takeaways that we experienced during the sessions that we attended. Yeah, and I think it's important to have discussions about what we learn right? Uh, That it's not just learning. It shouldn't just be a independent, individual kind of activity. It should be something that's shared and collected. So we're going to, I guess, model a conversation. (laughs) I mean, it's a real conversation because you and I haven't really talked about it yet. We kept it we kept it super real. The only time we texted each other was after the first thing we both watched that was the same. And listeners, wait till you hear what Karina had texted me. So do yeah. you want to talk about the first one? Sure. Let's let's start there. Okay. The first session I watched was Pam Harris's Stop Teaching Algorithms, Start Teaching Real Math. So have you seen that session before, Laura? Well, I've attended other webinars that she has done, and a lot of it was the same. But listen, it's always good to listen to it again, right? Yeah. And I know that she talks a lot about it on her podcast too. Right. I'm a religious listener (laughs) to her podcast. If you do want to hear more about what Pam and Kim talk about, they do discuss a lot of that in their podcast. Which is math is figure outable. So one of the big takeaways that I got from from watching and listening was she discussed the pitfalls of the algorithm. Now, you know, I'm not, I am 
I am not a big fan of the algorithm, especially with division. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I don't like it is because it is all procedure. And if kids, again, we go back to this idea that if kids aren't good memorizers Mm -hmm. and they, they forget a step, they have nothing to go back to. Right. Right. And I saw that in practice a few weeks ago in my tutorial group. I had this fifth grader who had learned long division and didn't know what to do. He sat there and said, I don't know how to divide this. And I said, so you've got like, do you have any other tools that you could use Mm -hmm. to divide? And he's like, no, I I don't know. I don't know what to do. That's the problem. Yeah, that's that's the big problem in from my perspective in a classroom that, you know, you're trying to get kids prepared for a test. Fine. okay, we're getting them prepared for a standardized test. If they don't remember the procedure and that's all you've focused on, what are they going to do? Right. Right. Because if they forget or, or if they just they know it, but maybe they forget one step. Right. The whole thing falls apart. Right. The whole does McDonald's sell cheeseburgers? You know, the divide, multiply. I'm trying to think what it all means. I don't know. I don't even know that because that's not how I learned it either. You know what? At one point, I'm sure those words came out of my mouth, but that was way before Common Core came out. And I didn't even. That may be an American thing because I never heard. I had never heard that until I came down here. So I don't know. Mother, daughter, dad, brother. I don't even remember all the little mnemonics, but I I think my biggest takeaway from that was that we need to teach kids the foundational things yeah, so that when they get to higher numbers, greater numbers, it's not so much of a struggle. So one thing that I kept remembering from her session was the partners of 10, right? Yeah. Because then it translates to partners of 100 and partners of 1,000. Like you have to start small, go slow in order to go fast. Yeah. There were multiple things there that I I actually wrote down in my notes of of the session. But one thing was, and it goes back to the amazing and one of my favorite quotes from Marilyn Burns. But so Pam said, algorithms can hide that they are using the kids are using reasoning in the level below. So if if students are multiplying using the standard algorithm, you're seeing, okay, they got the right answer. All right, so they are in multiplicative reasoning. But when you actually, like, if you actually sat down next to them and listened to their reasoning. You mean assess, right? (laughs) Right, which is what we say all the time. You would actually find out, you might find out that they are actually not there at Mm -hmm. all. That they're really in additive or maybe even counting because they're using count one by one to add, right? Or to to do like all your groups of and they're just counting. So they're not seeing those digits. And then- Number, they're just seeing the digits individually. Yes. And that was the other thing she was saying too, is that when you use the standard algorithm for multiplication, you're actually just multiplying digit by digit. So the highest that you're going to go is nine times nine, right? Right. So beyond that, you have no, no reasoning. Yep. So they're never, never going to 
get to those more sophisticated levels because we're you're going to restrict them to just looking at one digit by another digit, Mm -hmm. single digit by single digit. So the Marilyn Burns quote, though, that I do want to share that reminded me so much of what Pam was saying and Mm -hmm. just really reinforced it was correct answers can mask confusion just like incorrect answers can hide understanding. Yep. And that that is it right there. Even though they get the right answer, the right answer should not be what we care about. You know, it shouldn't be everything. Yeah, it's part of it, but it's not the end all be all because we have to move these kids into more sophisticated reasoning. Yes. I do want to tell the listeners now that I just thought of it, that if you did not register for this event, all of these sessions are currently on YouTube, but they're going to be pulled down at the end of March 8th. So 2022. So please, 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 if any of these sessions spark your interest, go find it now while you can. Yeah. Yeah. And if you miss the date, just know that Build Math Minds, Christina Tondevold, she does virtual math summits once a year. So that's something that you can look forward to, you know, look look for next time. I want to share the text that you sent to me and I want to oh, read it yeah. as I as I read it listening in your voice and you tell me okay. if this is what you meant, okay? Oh, this should be fun. Okay. Right? Have you watched Pam's session? I really think this video should be mandatory for all teachers in our district. And then I responded and you said, OMG, I am not even kidding. Mandatory for all teachers. I'm only 12 minutes in. Mandatory. LOL. (laughs) Wait, I want to share the next part, which has nothing to do with it. But you're like, not playground safety every year or the... Step ladder. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was pretty pretty soon. Except I really emphasize mandatory. Mandatory. <laughs> oh my god! Mandatory. Yes, mandatory. Mandatory. It should absolutely be mandatory. Something else that really struck me too. She said that it was estimated that only ten percent of adults reason proportionally. Was it proportionally or multiplicatively? proportionally. And she said it's probably because they haven't even reached multiplicative reasoning. Yep. It's true. I mean, if I had to sit there and solve proportions, I would have to start relearning because I haven't done that since I was in middle school. And all I learned was procedures, right? Do I butterfly here? Do I flip? Do I Kentucky fried chicken it or whatever it is, you know? I know. Okay, I want to I want to talk about the second session that I attended. It was our friend Mariah Carrington, and mm-hmm. her session title was "Multiplication: The Case of Ibby." Now, Ibby is her son, and I've met Ibby. And I, if I could like squeeze a kid to hug so much, Ibby would definitely be one of those people. Okay, let me tell you, it, it kind of made me reflect on our last week's episode with learning about mistakes. And I just want to say, Mariah, you were so vulnerable sharing those videos with everybody, which I thought was just amazing. Karina, have you ever tried to work with your own children on homework? Yeah, it's it's not not a pretty sight. It's not, right? And so 
Ibby was doing virtual school at that point, or maybe it was a pod or something. I, 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 I'm going to have to ask Mariah. And Mariah, when you listen to this, just tweet whatever the exact thing was. But all it was was the teacher basically on day one was, you need to learn these multiplication facts. Here's your flashcards, go. And she's saying on the video, wait, so your teacher didn't have you build a raise or anything like that? No. And so, of course, the uh, whole upsetness, everything on both of their parts. Like I I texted her as I was watching the video and I was like, oh, my God, I feel both of your pain right now. I I can feel the frustration come through the video. And because she is my math recovery teacher, I knew there there was a whole process that she was going to go through. And of course, by the end, you know, one of the last videos was he was like, oh, that's so easy. I'm a pro at this. And but the struggle throughout the whole time. And I, I want to know how long, how many weeks or months that was to get him from to, oh, I got this, you know, no problem. The importance though, of letting kids build, draw, write, think, and talk. Uh, That was one huge takeaway that I took from that. Now, math recovery has different verbiage than we do where we talk about like manipulatives and theirs is talking about the setting. So the setting is some kind of tool and eventually you want to keep distancing the setting. So if they're building a raise, okay, then then have them draw it and write it, but then, you know, start to move the build into just the the model and abstract and then, you know, because eventually it's we we do want them to eventually get into abstract land, but at least they have tools, like you said, with your division kid, right. you know, to fall back on where it's not not just here it is, here it is, here it is. Go memorize right. it. Right? Right. So thank you, Mariah and Ibby, for I'm, – I'm sorry you had to go through that, but thank you because it was such a learning opportunity for me and everybody else that watched it to remember that it it takes time but you can get there. So what was another session that caught your attention that you want to talk about? There were a few. I attended Mike Flynn's. The hour long and the short half hour one. His mini one was about exploring deliberate practice. He talked in it about four different types of practice, naive practice, purposeful practice, structured practice, and deliberate practice. Now, have you ever heard of those four? Uh, I've heard of two of them, purposeful, okay. purposeful practice and deliberate practice. But okay. were the first and third? Naive no. and structured. No. So that was really interesting. So um, basically, it, he also brought it back to learning and memorizing math facts. Okay. And when – so when you're learning and, and when we have kids memorize their math facts, it's not – it's not deliberate practice, right? It's practice that's just, um, I think, actually naive practice because if they're just looking at number like a flashcard, right? Four plus three is seven. Four plus three is seven. Four plus three is seven. That's just going. It's not even. It's like short term memory and possibly goes into long term memory, but there's nothing else kind of holding it there. There's, right? no, there's connections. no connections. Connections exactly. And one thing that he was 
also kind of discussing was, so we live in in the space between anxiety and boredom. And as people, as humans, we are comfortable in that spot. And when you're, and you go into anxiety, then it's not comfortable. And when you go into boredom, it's not comfortable either, right? So we're in this like in between stage, but we have to get better at being more comfortable with boredom. And so here's here's why he said that. He said, because when you're doing something for deliberate practice, you have to linger in the familiar so that you can get better at that thing. You don't become an expert by not lingering in that familiar. Does that make sense? So you develop the expertise when you work through your boredom and and go deeper into it. Okay, so memorizing facts, he says, doesn't encourage mastery. Yeah, right? We know that. When you're practicing like four plus three equals seven, what we should be doing if we're going to do, if we're going to approach this using deliberate practice, which is really consistently kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone. So you don't want to always be in the anxiety zone. You sometimes need to be in the boredom zone. I think that was his whole point with that. And, And so when you have something like four plus three equals seven, even if a kid knows that four plus three equals seven, that's not really the skill that we want them to to learn and to have. The skill we want them to learn and practice and have is how, what is a related fact that you know that applies to four plus three, right? That that can help you. And so in this case, it would be a doubles, right? And right. doubles. I was thinking so doubles four, plus one, right? Right. So either you think three plus three equals six or four plus four equals eight. But that's the practice of of instead of asking the question, what is four plus three? The practice is what is the related fact to four plus three? Like how did you get there? Yes. And of course, as he's talking about this, I'm thinking math flips, right? Because math flips just bring that in so nicely. You have the side A, the side B, and math flips, if you're not sure of what those are, those are Berkeley Everett's math flips. He has them on his website, uh, free downloads. We'll link it in the show notes. We've we've also had Berkeley on the podcast, and we've talked about them in the podcast itself and the episode. Berkeley was our guest on episode 61, learning about visualizing math. So I think Mike's whole point here was that, you know, we don't want kids practicing saying an answer. We don't want kids just focusing on the four plus three equals seven. Right. We want them practicing the skill of looking for a related fact because that will make more connections. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they might be bored looking at four plus three equals seven because they know four plus three equals four plus three equals seven. Right. But that's not, that's not actually the skill we want them to build. The skill is the, the, the related facts. Even though it was a short session, it was only 25 minutes long, it, it was like so packed nice. full of info and new information. The other, his other presentation I've seen before, and he talks about the power of moments. I'm, I feel like you have that book. The Power of Moments? No. Chip and Dan Heath? No, but I've read other books by the them. Gotcha. Okay. So he talks about that book in, you know, he goes into into it and how and then the CRA islands and the bridges that we build between the islands and right. how is being good at math means you have great bridges between the CRA islands and being a good math teacher means you are a good bridge builder. Yes. I love so that I like analogy. That yeah. yeah. I'm just going to quickly talk about 
the third one that I went to that I, I got a huge takeaway and it was Dr. Hillary Kreisberg. She did structuring mathematical discourse to enhance problem solving. And the biggest takeaway that I got from her session was that yes, routines are super important so that kids know what to expect, but that there needs to be flexibility within that routine. It's not just going to all be the same cut and dry thing, like a number talk, right? But all the numbers are always different, just yep. to give you an example. And especially for our English speakers of other languages to have either sentence starters or stems yeah. to help them start talking. And she also talked about tiered vocabulary. So tier one vocabulary are everyday use. Tier two vocabulary are the words that can be used specifically for math, but also not. So the one I was thinking about was feet because feet, we have our feet, but the mathematical measurement of feet. And then tier three vocabulary, which is just vocabulary for math, like distributive property. You're not going to talk about right. that in any other subject, right? But how to structure everything so that kids get to problem solve using talking, using the discourse, right? right? And right. letting kids solve things together and letting them talk to each other. Again, a routine to have, you know, one person say this, okay, now can you restate what that, that person said? And I know that was a super short part of it, but so good. So good, Hillary. I'm so glad I spent that time watching that. And there were so many others too. I mean, I I watched Don Dibley. Um, she's also a math recovery person. Don also works for the U.S. Math Recovery Council, which Mariah does as well. And wait, I got to see Dina Mendola's session. She's another person who works for math recovery. Math recovery. But go ahead. Yeah. You talk about talk yeah. about Don's. So Dawn did nu numeracy and functional mathematics, and hers was a little bit more younger grades. You know, veered towards like I think pre-K through kindergarten, but I, I, I felt like I, sometimes you need to go to those sessions because you need to see where they're coming from. Yes. Right. And I just, I, gosh, it was, it's things that are so simple that are so simple to implement. And I was like, why did I never like think of it like this? Using books to build numeracy. Can you turn to this page, turn to page 28, right? You can start small with, with smaller kiddos, turn to page 28, then turn to this page, turn to page 34. Is that before or after 28? Are you looking, you know, to the right? Or are you looking to the left? And then you take a book and it doesn't matter what book, it just matters the page numbers, right? And so now you can take a book that's 300 pages, right? Take one of those big Harry Potter books and say, all right, now we're going to, you're going to turn to page 145, right? For your older kids and like practice just page turning because then it really builds that number sense of where are these numbers in sequence, sequence to each other. Then there were also like just looking for numbers all around the school, bus number, class number, number of goldfish in your snack, right? Uh, using money to count coins and how difficult that is. And then of course, time and how difficult time is. And then she shared a game, which you can all look up on, on YouTube. And I'm guessing you already know how to play this game, Laura. Which one? Just because it's math recovery. Uh, junk multiples. I don't know this one. <gasps> I'm going to have to go okay. and, and watch the video then. Okay. I thought you were going to say treasure hunt because that's something that's that another one. you can use with all different types of numbers. 
Gotcha. You know, even though I was like, I don't know how much I'm going to get out of this because it's a it's a younger grade, it's a primary mm-hmm. video and, and target audience, but I still got I still got a great deal. So there we go. So thank awesome. you, Don, for that. And listeners, we will link everything that we possibly can to the show notes. I have a feeling this show notes page is going to be pretty lengthy. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I just want to say thank you to Christina Tondevold for always putting these out. I think she said this was the fourth or fifth year of doing this. So thank you, Christina. We know it takes a ton of work to get this all together. You and your team are amazing. And listeners, you will have a chance next year to attend her virtual math summit. It's usually in February now. Uh, it, It was in the summer, but she moved it to February. So think about it, you know, for 2023, put it on your notes for your future forgetful self. That's it. Listeners, your challenge for this week is... You've got, if you're listening to this on Sunday or Monday, March 6th or 7th, you've got it one, two, or three days to go watch one of the sessions. It, they're all so, so good. So find one where the, the title sparks some interest and spend that time. You know, on YouTube, you can watch it at, you know, 1.25, 1.5, 1.75, 2.0 times. You know, like you, you can <laughs> speed it up. I challenge yourself to go learn something and soon. Yeah, and if and if not, if you if you're out of time and those videos are no longer available, take a look at some of the names that we've shared with you today. Find their websites. Most of these people all have websites. They have resources that they share. They they even have podcasts that they share. Take a look, take a listen. There's so much great free PD available out there and learning is what keeps us going, you know? And I think that that's, at the end of the day, we're in the profession, as you always say, Laura, we're in the profession of learning. So we ourselves have to keep learning. We have to keep doing it so that we constantly get better. We constantly reflect. We constantly grow as Mm -hmm. educators. Mm -hmm. And make mistakes and hopefully learn from them. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.